0: to this conversation with a uh, individual that you've heard from a couple of times now on the Talent Magnet Institute podcast, and a great leader, mentor, and advisor to me, Daniel Wechter, who's the chief commercial officer of Chromatic Technologies, Inc., out of Colorado Springs, Colorado. Daniel is also a board member here at the Talent Magnet Institute, as well as an investor in what we do because of his belief And leadership having such an impact on everything in this world and the opportunity to help elevate leaders and help them become talent magnets creates better cultures, better high-performing teams, and to be frank, better humans. So Daniel, thank you so much for joining this conversation. Thank you for having me again on the podcast. So Daniel, each time we've been together, really for the last three years, we've been unpacking. This conversation around making leadership tangible and using the analogy of both performance arts as well as the visual arts. And I would love to have you share with our members, with our community right now that are listening, what we're about to embark upon with a series that you're going to be leading.
1: Right. Thank you very much, Mike. Yes, indeed. The conversation that we're having today unfolds a few topics that we've already touched in the previous podcast that we have been doing. If I add a bit context to that, I mean, having been a, a leader in business for many years, leading organizations, turning businesses around, do that on the different sides of the Atlantic Ocean in Europe, in North America, I was always, especially through reading, looking for inspiration of how can I become a better leader? To understand what leadership is and so on. And in addition to a lot of reading that I've done in management literature, leadership literature, I have to admit the biggest impacts in my leadership understanding has not been coming from my MBA classes or any of the leadership books, but from areas completely outside of business. Uh, In one of the podcasts, I've shared that I've been very much and maybe most inspired by my visit to the Rubens House in 2005 about what leadership really means and what it does. And since I moved to Cincinnati nine years ago, after having been introduced to the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra and having been going there for many concerts, just to enjoy music, to please my soul, I've realized watching the conductors leading an orchestra that this is a wonderful, tangible example to observe a leader, lead well, Please the audience, please customers, and that there are a lot of different components to discuss a wonderful analogy that makes leadership so much more tangible. So my key inspirations had been, indeed, in terms of leadership in the arts, in the visual arts, in Rubens House uh, with the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra, and I'm very happy to have the opportunity of this upcoming podcast series that we're going to do together to uh, start to work on those analogies. So leadership and management are an intangible art as well. At the same time, they are really critical to success. And I asked myself, how and where can business leaders, managers really observe and learn and get inspiration? And as I said, since I have been inspired by the arts, that's part of the inspiration I would like to share. And with this podcast series, which is about making leadership tangible, we're going to work on those analogies. We're starting with the Symphony Orchestra. So we're going to have very exciting people joining us in the upcoming podcasts in various conversations: conductors of the Symphony Orchestra, of the Cincinnati Pops, conductors of other orchestras, composers, other artistic leaders of a, an orchestra. We're going to have people in conversations who are professionally working with anology. I've recently talked to a gentleman who is a conductor, but who provides leadership coaching. That's going to be exciting inspiration. Hopefully, we're able to create for leaders who are seeking for inspiration and tangible examples of good leadership. That's what this podcast series is about.
0: Let's talk about, I mean, think about visually, if you would, with me, everyone, for a second, the incredible art and architecture that you see all around the world. And think about the amount of people that it takes to pull many of these things off. And also think about sitting in the audience of a symphony and the leadership that is felt by the conductor with a room full of experts, right? Individuals who know their craft so well but that also may have only gotten the score that they're about to play a few weeks or a couple weeks in advance before they go in front of an audience of a thousand people. Right. And Daniel, that's part of what has inspired you so much, right. Is thinking, yes, watching that craft come to life, learning yeah. the stories of artists and how they created perfection during their lifetime. And some artists, you know, their perfection comes after they're gone. Right right with what they've left behind so can you talk about kind of the purpose mission vision and then also the power of the score and how you relate i know you've even brought this up with me several times on the score that needs to be written and how that relates to business
1: yeah 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 so already perfectly put and let me make some of those components maybe a little bit more tangible in terms of what the analogy is about so for all the listeners if you imagine to sit in music hall in cincinnati or in other music halls waiting to hear the cincinnati symphony orchestra or other orchestras let me highlight a few of the the analogies obviously the conductor if we consider him or her as a leader or a manager and by the way there's going to be very interesting conversation coming up to discuss Is this a leader or a manager? And what's the difference, by the way? Or is there a difference? So a very interesting topic. But if we accept the conductor, uh, that he or she at this point of time is the leader of the orchestra, how is he or she creating that music? Obviously, the conductor is not playing any of the instruments, but we could see that the conductor plays the orchestra. How does he or she do that? Well, you've mentioned already the score. If I make the analogy to business, the score is like the strategy, the plan. It's the, the understanding of the vision of the composer. And one of the key contributions of the conductor obviously is to orchestrate all those wonderful individuals who are specialized in performing their own instrument to orchestrate them, to become a unity, to become one and to perform that piece. So it's much more than just determining the speed, when to start, when to stop, but also helping with interpretations about what the composer had in mind. And by the way, we're going to have composers in our conversations as well. So the conductor in that respect plays the orchestra, synchronizes the orchestra, and in that respect, creates the music without playing an instrument. And that means a lot of leadership because the outcome and what the orchestra performs is not what the conductor does with his or her own hands. So it's performed through the orchestra. There are other leadership roles other than the conductor in an orchestra, the concertmaster, the principals. We're going to talk about the role of rehearsing individually, but also rehearsing as an orchestra. We're going to talk about what it means to perform. And in another podcast a few months ago, I was asked what's to me one of the most success-critical analogies that I can extract from orchestra to a company. And to me, this is still the ability of the musicians or the ability of the employees in a company being able to listen to each other. So if you take an orchestra performance, and I've played the drums in an orchestra myself, so I know at least a little bit, what I'm talking about, not at the same professional level than the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra, but I think I get the principle is that you have... 95 people who are highly specialized in their instrument, they know exactly what to play in terms of their part. However, the music is not going to be beautiful if not orchestrated by the conductor and if they are not able to listen to each other. And if you look into the reality of a lot of businesses and companies today, the ability to break silos and not to work in silos, but to have good cross-functional alignment to have people inside an organization, although they have different functions or play different instruments, that they listen to each other and focus on what they want to perform to the audience, means what value they want to provide to customers, is one of those key capabilities that I've experienced in my business life to be critical to success. And that capability to listen to each other is one of the keys of a great performance in music And I've experienced in business the capability of an organization to collaborate, to listen to each other, to align with each other in terms of who the audience is and what they want to perform is key as well. Another very interesting component that we're going to discuss in the upcoming conversations is that famous sound of an orchestra. And there are maybe even some limitations of leading, some limitations of conducting because whoever the conductor is does not matter because the orchestra has its own sound. And I think there is a wonderful bridge of that sound of an orchestra to a culture of a business. Uh, Mike, I love your definition of culture being those thousands of interactions that happen every single day. And leaders have some interaction in some of those interactions, but the majority of the interactions do not happen with the leader. That means there is a, a limit of influence, which is why creating vision, mission, culture are key to make a company really be consistent. So that sound of an orchestra and its limitations of a conductor of having influence, that is going to be an interesting topic. And we're going to talk about the magic of the performance, which is life. And there are unforeseen things that might happen. There is some excitement or even nervousness adding to it, which is another component, which oftentimes results in a different tempo because people are more excited than if they just rehearse. So these would be a few of those highlights of the analogy that I would emphasize in our introduction podcast today of very interesting analogy topics that we're going to talk with our conversation partners. Like I said, conductors, musicians, composers, people who have really scientifically worked with that analogy already. So we'll bring them into those conversations to learn from them and to inspire our listeners. And ultimately, I'm very excited about the gentleman I talked to last week who is a conductor and a coach who conducts orchestras while using that as a platform to coach leaders.
0: For our audience that's listening and engaging in this discussion, what do we hope they can take from it to make their leadership stronger? What are some of the outputs, desires that you have personally experienced And that we can encourage those that are listening to this, giving a preview of what is to come in this series and this talent magnet intensive. Yeah. To, you know, what are some of the key takeaways? What do we hope that they're going
1: to learn and grow? Sure. I mean, you can read a lot of leadership. And again, there is even a, a dispute out there whether there is a difference between leadership and management and so on and so on. But the reading, I think, has its limitations. I think what we want to offer. With this analogy is whoever was already in a concert or hopefully if not will go to a concert to really be able to observe leadership and that's what we really want to try to get accomplished so that leadership becomes tangible and then you have these tangible examples of the score you have the tangible example of how a conductor interacts with the musicians without starting to play their instrument so he needs to influence their way of playing their way of interpretation their way of collaborating their way of interacting with each other without doing it himself, but through through conducting, through showing. And that's what exactly is the value that I think we're providing with that to make it experienceable and tangible. And I think science tells us in addition to that, that you can learn about leadership every given day in the company, in the business, by conducting business, by doing business. What I can tell from my own experience the most inspiring and influential leadership lessons I have learned were indeed in the arts because it's outside of the known context. And those epiphanies happened to me while being open, while being curious, while wanting to understand when those clicks came. And that's what we try to generate through those podcasts in uh, conversations to inspire the thinking to inspire the imagination for those who have been to concerts and specifically looked out for that tangible leadership experience by watching someone. And for all those of our listeners who have not been in a concert, and I know it's a difficult times right now, it's not really possible, but I hope pretty soon it's going to be possible again, maybe specifically uh, go to a concert with a specific mindset to say, in addition to, listen to wonderful music i'd like to look how the conductor indeed leads the orchestra and takes that as an inspiration so that's what we try to make tangible as part of those conversations as well as encouraging people to visit concerts and watch the conductor lead that's wonderful daniel through the
0: discussion we'll also you'll be getting into the mindsets of some of you know what i would consider some of the most talented composers, conductors, artistic leaders, and musicians that we have access to, that we've been able to. And I know you've also reached out to leaders throughout the world, right? asking them to engage in this topic. So the mindsets and how people prep themselves and the training and how do they get to the point where they're at the top of their career as basically the CEO of that work group? Right. Yes. And what do they hear? What do they look for? What cues? You know that again is anyone who's been in involved in music. You know how do they make sure that 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 piccolo or that French horn, when it is played, yep. is the most beautiful sound possible, and the cueing of that time and the people and the resources, and and you can start thinking about well, that's like my team. That's a I have this specialist. I have these specialty groups. These Functions of my organization that has to execute well, and all of us are relying on them right. to execute their part that may only be five notes or, you know, what have I mean, just trying to really think through how do I grow? How do I develop into yeah. this leader? And I can tell you from the conversations that Daniel and I have had the last three years, I love music. My wife and I were musicians and in high school and went once a musician, always a musician, you never quite hear the same, but now I'm watching just the art form of what it takes to lead well in front of a orchestra. Right. And the perfection that comes from it. And then, and then what about the mistakes? What happens when you don't right? and you're moving at 160 beats a minute and you can't, you can't go back and reflect on that one note that may have thrown that particular piece off. So those are types of things we'll get into yep. and how a leader keeps their composure, right? And stays calm. My guess is that, there's a, that that's an analogy of what yep. some of the things we're going to be walking into.
1: Exactly. And in that respect, I'm very excited with uh, a lot of conversations I had in the last couple of weeks and months of, with people from all over the world who are, happy to join us for those podcast conversations. At the same time, however, there is no need to go very far to find a world-class symphony orchestra. We have it in town here in Cincinnati. I happened to be on the board for a few years, and that came just because of the love for music. And then uh, after a few concerts at one point of time, I don't remember which piece it was, and probably I was not connected so much to the music itself, but then watched the conductor and all of a sudden had that epiphany to say, oh my God, I watch a leader right now and then started to think about the score, the individuals, the listening, the synchronization, and so on and so on. So although we go far with people from all over the world, we're going to stay very close, having the conductors of the symphony orchestra talking to us. And even if I look into the mission and the vision of the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra, which is from a mission perspective to seek and share inspiration, it has been intellectually so inspiring to me as a leader. And I work with that analogy with my teams. I worked with that analogy in consulting roles that I had over the last couple of years. And it was just amazing how naturally that analogy clicked with people that all of a sudden they saw what a leader has to do, what a leader has to perform so clear, so much better than before. So seeking and sharing inspiration being the mission of the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra is going to click to that very well. And with its desire to be the most relevant orchestra in in the United States, I hope that with that experience of making leadership tangible through concerts that we're going to add to the vision of the symphony orchestra to be relevant for the business community. And another component, I'm very happy about it. You heard me talk a lot about the role of the conductor. What's the role of the composer? Because I do not now want to downplay the role of the conductor, but he or she did not write the music. The music was created by someone else. And that someone else, the composer, his and her vision, what he or she wants to express with that music is something that is put into the score. And we're going to have a conversation with Julia Adolf, who is a composer who composed a few pieces for the Cincinnati Symphony Orchestra already, we're going to talk about a conversation she recently had with Louis Langre, our music director, where they talk about what's the interaction between the composer who envisioned the music and the conductor who needs to gain understanding, not just based on the score, but understanding about what is it that the composer wanted to express and then lead the orchestra. And also there you can make a great analogy to business. Uh, Mike, maybe that's an analogy that you know very well. You're a founder, co-founder of the Talent Magnet Institute. How do you share your vision with everyone you put on board that you make join TMI so that they understand what you want to express, what you want to be to the business community? What tools are you using actually to align them? And then if it's a leader at the Talent Magnet Institute, how do you enable them to understand your vision well enough that they can lead according to your vision? So there is a lot in that interaction between the composer and the conductor as well that we're going to work on. And I'm very happy that we have at least two composers joining us for uh, those conversations as well. And they will talk about how do they interact with the conductors.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be an
1: outstanding experience. So
0: we've talked a lot about the performing arts, the visual arts how are we going to incorporate the visual arts into this dialogue
1: yeah that's a very good question because they gave me a headache first because i said that my most influential leadership lesson came from the rubens house and we cannot talk to rubens anymore (laughs) so we will talk to leaders in the arts in that respect if i quickly outlined that, that leadership analogy that I personally took away from without going too far into details is Rubens was someone who sold more paintings in his lifetime than he could ever paint himself. And when I was introduced to that thought, I was really very curious to say, how did he do that? I mean, did he kind of cheat or I mean, how did he work? And when I had the chance by coincidence to visit that Rubens house in 2005 in Antwerp, I was just curious enough to find out, and I have to admit I'm not really into the visual arts, but I was very curious. So long story short, what I've learned is, he indeed did not paint all of those paintings that he has ever sold with his name on it, but what he always did is he drafted the vision, he drafted the concept, he did put the concept even to paper, but then he delegated the fine-tuning, the finishing of the different sections of the paintings Two specialists that he had hired into his workshop. That means it was almost like a painting manufacturing, but not in an assembly line, and always the same paintings. But he had a vision. He made a concept, and then he delegated to respective specialists. Explained his vision to them, but did not make, did not do their job, but asked them to apply their specialism, their skill set, to fulfill that specific piece of the painting. And while they were doing then their job and doing that, he was sometimes like a conductor of an orchestra. He was there and did guide them, but not by painting himself, but explaining them and really brought their best skill set onto that painting. And that allowed him to work on several paintings simultaneously, but not just limiting to his own brain and his own two hands but multiplying his brain and his vision to many hands, to many specialists, again, which resulted in a way to scale, to scale successfully, to scale financially. And that experience by coincidence happened to me in 2005 while I was in my first P&L responsibility with the challenge and the opportunity to turn a business around, where I tried to be everything, where I tried to know everything, where I tried to answer every question, and I was up for failure. And I came into that Ruben house on that weekend by coincidence, and I was another leader next Monday because I understood that if I try to do everything, if I try to answer every question, if I try to be better at everyone's job in the company, I will fail and we will fail. My key job is I need to get the teams of specialists aligned about where are we? What do we have to accomplish? What does the vision look like? What's the plan? What's the strategy? And to put the right people at at the right place and empower and encourage them. So that was, like I said, the most influential leadership epiphany I had coming from the visual arts. And I never had expected it to come from an area like that, where, like I said, on Monday, I was a different leader. So that's kind of the, the analogy we're going to work on in the visual arts. Like I said, unfortunately, we cannot interview Rubens anymore, but we can dig a little bit deeper into his story. Uh, probably have someone from the Rubens House in Antwerp to tell us even much more details than I know that I remember after 15 years in that. So I hope we're going to share and inspire leaders that way as well. Well, Daniel, this is a
0: great, going to be a great experience. It's going to be a great journey to roll out a talent magnet intensive this way for us to really dive in and bring a creative angle to leadership, right? And to get us all thinking together about what could be possible. What is my role as the CEO? What is my role as the VP of sales? What is my role as the director of customer service? What is my role as a head of culture and team engagement, right? Yep, yep. And how do I fit into this masterpiece? And how do I, if I'm not feeling the vision quite as clear as I need, to do my job well, what do I do? How do I pivot? How do I respond, communicate and create engagement? So we're really excited for everyone to be on this journey with us. Daniel, is there anything else that you would like to leave those watching, listening this as we start getting our head around the concept of making leadership tangible and bringing
1: this to life? So the short answer is yes but that will not come in this (laughs) conversation but it will come through a lot of conversations we're going to have again with conductors with composers with other leaders of an orchestra with people who have been working with that analogy intellectually but also practically like the coach i've mentioned already and yeah i really do hope that we're going to inspire a lot of leaders offer conversations of reflections offer hopefully inspiration Once we can go back to concerts, to go back to music hall, to go back to other music halls in different cities to watch a leader lead and generate beautiful outcome, beautiful music and work with that analogy. And last but not least, maybe in the context of the current pandemic, we hear so much about what's an essential business and what's not an essential business. And we see... A lot of arts forms really suffering because concerts cannot take place, museums are closed. And hope through that podcast series, we're going to raise the awareness with a lot of people also in the business community that I think the arts is essential and not just for us as human beings to give us a break from the hamster wheel of business, but also relevant in terms of being an inspiration like the Cincinnati Symphony tries to do in their mission to, to share and create inspiration. And it's not just in, essentially in that way from, an, from a soul perspective, but also from intellectual perspective. So I hope that this podcast series is going to create quite some of that awareness that we need the arts, not just as human beings, but it can be an incredible source of inspiration. I'm excited to be alongside of you for, on this journey and um, looking
0: forward to all the conversations that will be had and the inspiration that will come from it. Yes. So thank you all for tuning in to this conversation. Daniel, thank you for joining us from the Talent Magnet Institute studio. Sure. And I'm uh, very thankful that we're able to be a part of your, where you get inspiration for those listening and watching, for yeah. that you're turning to resources to think outside the box. And hopefully through these conversations, you get into a, a rhythm And some of those epiphanies that Daniel referenced earlier that literally changed him the very next week when he showed up back to work because of the experience that he had. Those are some of the eye-opening experiences we hope that you have that we're able to walk you through. And thank you for being a part of this conversation. And we'll see
1: you in the next discussion. Mike, thank you very much for the opportunity. And to all the listeners of this starting conversation, would like to encourage you to uh, send us your questions. Again, we're going to have a wonderful panel of different people. So uh, we'd welcome any question that we can also address during those conversations. So thank you very much and very much looking forward to the various conversations to come up.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter, or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Sound Press, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios, and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Zippel Jr.